Yes, welcome along here to the Dingo Unchained. It's been too long since we've been on your airwaves. I am the Fantasy Dingo. And uh, joining me on the line today, a man who is sponsored himself by the very famous Campbell's Chicken Wonton Soup. He's a fantasy football legend. His season's doing pretty well and okay in that order. Adam Risman, welcome. Good to be here. It's, uh, it's been too long. A lot's happened. It's been an exciting first half of the year, but... As we all know, seeing as the Dallas Cowboys started off six and one, or slowly starting their descent, it's going to change very quickly. Well, it's uh, it's only half. We kind of just past the halfway season, and it's been a season so far that I think has been marred by many things: marred by injury, marred by suspension, marred by some poor performances. Uh, it's had a few great storylines. You mentioned the Cowboys. Is the rise of the Dallas Cowboys the number one storyline? from the 2014 season for you so far? I would say that it is, but at the core of that is their decision to finally hand the ball off to a running back. They Mm. never did that last year. Uh, DeMarco Murray, who's been the number one running back in fantasy football this season, he already has over 1,000 yards, seven TDs, in just the first eight games. He was not getting the type of carries like this last year. Part of that's an injury history, but also uh, Jason Garrett, refusal to do anything other than throw the ball up and hope that that Bryant will come down with it. They've been good, but we haven't been on the air, but you and I have been in close contact from the Shepherd Coast, and even at 6-1, and I told you my end-of-year prediction there is 9-7, and and now they're sitting at 6-3 and on this Sunday afternoon, and that may come to fruition. So what what changed there uh, to get DeMarco the ball more? What do you think changed in the – is this a Jason Garrett decision? Or is it someone else who's come in there in the Cowboys organization who's uh, who's made that, that change up? They got uh, Scotty Linehan, an offensive coordinator now. This is a guy that uh, – former head coach of the Lions. In that time, he's come in and he's, he's – changed the play calling a little bit, and they've also spent three of their last four first-rounders on offensive linemen and mm-hmm. may have the best offensive line in football. They just gave their left tackle, Tyron Smith, more money than you and I will ever see uh, from Fantasy Dingo or any other properties that we may start in our lifetime. Hey, hold that. Hold that for now. But the the offensive line, I know, has looked incredible. I think, it's <laughs> I think that that offensive line looks fantastic. It's almost uh, the way they're running the ball is, is uh, from a fantasy perspective, is just great to see because every time Demarco touches the ball, you feel like he's going to rack up at least one or two points for you. Um, well, so it's a very north south running game, mm. very north south, and that's why he's been able to average five yards a carry so far this season through today. Is the fact that these guys, these offensive linemen are just plowing people forward, like blowing snow off the road. They don't have to drop back to pass coverage. That's what linemen enjoy. They want to get off the ball and just go. And DeMarco just gets to uh, follow them along the ride. So to contrast the rise of the Cowboys, we've had uh, something which I've seen a lot of from the West Coast here in close quarters, the fall of the Seattle Seahawks. And I think they've they've gone away from what they did last year, which you've just described the Cowboys are doing this year. They did so well, which was run the football. I think they've gotten too cute with some of those pass plays. I think it was probably a good move to get rid of Percy Harvin just from a pure football perspective because they've they've started to move to today. Marshawn Lynch and ran the ball very well um, and got them over the line. The Seahawks have come down. What other sort of negative storylines have you seen from the season so far? 
negative storyline to me has been, from a fantasy perspective, the drop-off after the first three or four quarterbacks has been unlike anything we've seen in the last four or five years. Mm-hmm. Typically, your middle-of-the-pack quarterbacks are really able to carry a team, but with the Daltons and the Sticky Eli's, Nick uh, Falls, of course, the Nick, the Nick Foles rise and fall, the three quarterbacks they've used in Washington, the rotating cast in Buffalo, Johnny Football riding the pine. There's Carson Palmer's been playing well, but he's also been hurting in and out of games. There hasn't really been too many people in the middle that have set themselves apart. Uh, guys like Alex Smith, they've all been very average. And so after your first three or four, you typically would be able to still get somebody pretty good after that, and that hasn't really happened. Uh, also, the people that had the first three or four picks in the draft are pretty disappointed this year right now because Adrian Peterson, marred by scandal, Sean McCoy, marred by mediocrity, and Jamal Charles, very slow start to the year, missed a couple games, and has Niall Davis beaten a few carries. Yeah, and Eddie Lacy is slow start to the year as well. I actually... Uh... Kind of jumping ahead here, we're going to offer up some mid-season rankings and awards soon. But uh, one of my mid-season stinkers of the year was just that big five that were at the top of the top of the leaderboard at the beginning of the year. Uh, apart from Matt Forte, who I know is on the uh, Broad Street Jags roster and, and very well done there. Matt Forte is on all three of my fantasy football rosters this year. There you go. Well, that was a, that was a great decision because especially McCoy. McCoy has been very disappointing. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. He had huge raps on him going into the season. I know we spoke about in the preseason that it could be too much of too much hype to live up to. But uh, Jamal Charles has been disappointing, and of course Adrian Peterson. That suspension um, has been has kind of ruined a few uh, fantasy seasons. If if people couldn't pick up the backups there at the Vikings, who are doing quite well. If you've uh, if you've grabbed Matt Asiata or uh, Jarek McKinnon, although Asiata vultured a bunch of touchdowns today. Three touchdowns today, and oh. it, it looked like McCoy was getting some things going today. He had his second hundred-yard game the last three weeks against the Texans, but he still only scored one more touchdown, that being one to Adrian Peterson this year, who has put up, as we all know, less than ten fantasy points. That's yeah. right. So uh, disappointing, just some disappointments, but some great things as well. I thought we could move in into uh, some mid-season rankings, Adam, and and some awards here. Got a few awards that we want to give out. I have some winners, some honorable mentions. I know you're going to have some pretty strong points of view. The first one, though, I want to talk about is just a, a theme that's kind of come through uh, in this season as well, which is the young studs that have come up. So this was, and this is a bit of. I'm throwing a bit of a curveball. I didn't ask you to prepare this, but a rookie MVP. If you had to call one here after week nine. Who would be your rookie uh, MVP? Is it one of the wide receivers? We talked a lot about the emergence of a big wide receiver class this year. Uh, it, I doubt it would be one of the running backs, or maybe it would be. Um, and the quarterbacks, certainly there's not much to be mentioned in terms of the their fantasy value. But if you had to pick one MVP out of that bunch of rooks, who would you be looking at? Uh, I would say that the quarterbacks in the rookie realm have been fantasy irrelevant this year. And that's a shame because I know there's one that I think could be quite relevant if given the chance. But his team keeps actually winning games in Cleveland. I don't know if you uh, saw. Uh, I don't know if you saw Derek Carr today, but he looked absolutely awful. And I thought, God, I would love to see Johnny Manziel over there in Oakland. Okay, so tangent. I was at a, uh, a bar watching the games today with a good buddy of mine, and the question. 
question I posed to him was, does Van Zell get traded before he has a chance to start a game in Cleveland? Wow. And the answer was? I think the answer is yes. Traded? You think they have that much faith? I, they haven't renegotiated Brian Hoyer's contract yet. We'll see, we'll see where they end up at the end of the year and what his value looks like around draft time next see, year. I just think the, Cleveland, I think the Cleveland appeal of LeBron and Manziel in that city is going to be too much for those owners to pass up. They must be getting frustrated with him on the bench all these weeks. But they, they won again today. They, keep, they can't make the change while they're winning games. Even That's if their quarterback play, Hoyer takes the touchdown, two picks. Very, very, very disappointing. They still won the game. So until that happens, I don't think they can make the switch. That's true. Okay, so we've had no positive quarterback performance no from rookies. The, the running backs, at least the ones that we were all talking about at the beginning of the year, have been disappointing. Jeremy Hill put his head out today. Uh, we'll get to him more a little bit later. But I'd have to go with Sammy Watkins as the rookie MVP so far this year. I'm putting him over uh, the dreadhead in Carolina for the reason that this guy has been open so much that they – literally bitched their first-round pick from two years ago and put in Kyle Orton just to get this guy to Baltimore. And the last two games, he put up 100, 279 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, you have to feel that if... Now, it, but he celebrated five yards early. If Watkins... Uh, yeah, that was very... As a semi-Watkins owner, that was very frustrating to see, although I'm not sure he was going to get the touchdown regardless of whether or not he celebrated. Um, Sammy Watkins is huge. For me, Kelvin Benjamin is the the wide receiver of the, the rookie wide receiver of the year and the rookie MVP of the year so far. He's the only real option there apart from Greg Olson for, for Cam Newton. And the way he goes up for balls, he's got an amazing pair of hands, very athletic, and I think he's going to really blossom there at the Panthers. And, and I know he had a dud week this week. I think he only put up 1.3 points, but the Panthers in general had a dud week. Watkins, though, you talk about him. If he had a decent quarterback throwing in the ball, that who's not called Kyle Orton, he would he would be doing amazing things. So uh, they've got to sort out that. The stats are almost mirror images. Uh, Watkins has 590 yards. Benjamin 589. Wow. Benjamin has two more catches than Watkins. uh, Both five touchdowns. Wow. That is a lot of dread. So it's almost a almost a dead heat there, but. Uh, be interesting to see how Sammy finishes off the season. He had a, a bye this week, um, and see if Kelvin Benjamin and the Panthers in general finish off strong. I've got my doubts about that, but uh, okay. So we've got the the rookie of the year of the year, uh, sort of sitting there with the wide receivers. But let's get on to the big award here: the midseason MVP. Who have you got as your winner there, and then who have you got as your honorable mentions for this this prestigious award? Driving behind that offensive line, 
Marshall on there. White rising. So six TDs for him and over a thousand combined yards already. And he was off this week. That's great. I mean, I, I actually agree with you. I had Andrew Luck as my MVP as well. He's throwing nine interceptions over eight weeks, but he still scored more than 17.6 fantasy points each week, which just goes to show you how many yards he's throwing. He's throwing the ball a lot and uh, and how many touchdowns he's scoring as well to offset those picks. So I think, you know, you're right. The quarterback pool is very shallow this year. It's a shallow pool that we did not predict was going to happen. And so Luck gets my gets my pick as well. I had honorable mentions. I had uh, DeMarco Murray as well. Actually, the injured running backs in general. If you picked up DeMarco Murray and Arian Foster as your two running backs this year, you're big feeling comeback big comeback years for those guys. And that would have been a very ballsy move for what something to do in rounds one and two. But certainly better than picking up such duds, as we'll get to in a second, as uh, the young gentleman in Denver. But uh, I had the, those two boys. I had Marshawn Lynch as someone who could maybe sneak in for an honorable mention for his first four or five weeks of the season. I had Russell there in the same way. Russell's just getting it done with his legs. And yeah. The Seahawks team, they may be dysfunctional in the locker room. They may not be winning games. But fantasy football is not about the it's rest not. of the, the team. It's about are they putting up points. And it doesn't matter which wide receivers they trade, which wide receivers with who's wide. Russell Wilson... He's getting it done. He was probably the next guy on my cut. It's about taking the team and breaking them down to its individual components and making a more selfish game, which is why my other honorable mention is the great Steve Smith Sr. Now, if you picked up Steve deep in your draft or also at some stage, maybe off the waiver wire even, then you'd be very happy with this guy who loves to play for himself, loves to get his hands on the rock. And the way he demolished the Carolina Panthers was something which it was just a sight to behold, something you knew which was coming, and was just super exciting to watch. He's got 400-yard games in the last three weeks, along with three touchdowns in those four weeks. He's really, really come on. He's proved to still be a deep threat. He had an 80-yard catch against the Bengals um, earlier this year. He's been, he's been getting it done. He's been getting it done out there in Baltimore. So, But I think Andrew Luck is the clear winner so far. If you've got Andrew Luck on your team, or if you've got DeMarco Murray as well. If you have either of those guys on your team, you're looking pretty good after eight and a half weeks of the season. Now, going away from the MVP, let's let's talk about stinkers here, the mid-season stinker of the year. Uh, I've got a few guys in mind. Uh, who have you got as your winner, and then who have we got as the honorable mentions for the stinkiest player on a roster in this 2014 season? All my guys play the same position. I think we have a little bit of overlap here. My number one stinker, though, has to be Adrian Peterson, and regardless of how you feel about how a child should be disciplined, I think we can all agree on how you feel when the guy on the top of your draft board doesn't score 10 points in the season. Not good. And when it's not because of injury, that's even more of an insult. When you're healthy, when a healthy guy that's in the top three positions scores less than 10 fantasy points in a season, that is a stinky year. And when you're stashing him on the back of your roster thinking maybe he's going to come back for the playoffs and then he shows up to his parole hearing and tells the uh, parole guy that he's been smoking a little bit of weed before he gets tested, it's bad, bad, bad news for Adrian Peterson. Anytime you're, um, stash, anytime you're stashing for a court date is a tough time on a fantasy team. It's, it, it's changed a lot of fortunes in our league and, and it's been even harder because there's not a... And even stinkier because there's no solid handcuff behind him. It's true. You've had McKinnon be good for a week. You had Asiata be great. Then be dropped from all the teams. And ultra three TDs for McKinnon this week. 
And, you know, I know some people in some leagues that, that traded a decent amount of uh, real estate for those guys because they didn't know who to handcuff and they got beat for the punch in terms of picking him up. So I think overall, Adrian Peterson has really asked your team more than anybody else this year. Is it just me or has it been a real crapshoot this season? The season in general has been tough to pick and there hasn't really been a trend come through. Even when I was going through and doing these mid-season MVPs, it's not like there are 10 or 15 guys to choose from here. This has been a stinky fantasy football season in general with a lot of spikes and not a lot of trending upwards. It's been incredibly stinky. And two guys who, who I've had to breeze off anywhere near my rosters, um, you alluded to one earlier, Monte Ball, another late first-round pick, mm-hmm. 25 fantasy points through nine weeks now. He's been hurt a little bit, but when he hasn't been hurt, he's would probably be better off being hurt because yeah. he's been completely ineffective. And it's not that the Broncos can't run the ball. Ronnie Hillman's looks okay. There's a third guy in the mix who's probably not anyone on anyone's roster, nor should he be. But he's been a big disappointment. Although I will say I called that at the beginning of the year. He's showed me nothing at professional level after I uh, adored him in video game format in college. The last one I think is going to surprise you a little bit because it's not someone we expected to do much of anything, but he still owned at 23% of leagues. I really just want to send a message to all those people that either you're not logging in or you need to stop logging in and give up your season because Maurice Jones-Drew is on 23% of Yahoo rosters right now. Wow. And has 7.6 points. That's disgusting. Darren McFadden has, and this is going to kill me to say it, but Darren McFadden has the, he has the rock in Oakland. It's purely his, so MJD can be cut from literally every roster right hey, now. Drop, like, you should not be on any team at all. Even Drop him from your league if that's even possible. Make it to where no one can pick them up and harm themselves. Protect, protect your fellow league mates. It's bad enough that you've got a raider on your roster in general, but a, like a, a non-entity raider is, oh, something else. It, it reminds me of when a guy in a, uh, another league we partake in where there is a bidding in auctions for $12 on Derek Hart. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then it was, I think it was revoked by the commissioner, wasn't it? Uh, it's a controversy that we, we, there'll be a book about it. It was deemed to be to be made under under the influence. Um, yeah, you've named a few of my stinkers there oh, well. in your list. Uh, my number one, my winner of the mid-season stinker of the year is Monte Ball. Uh, only because he went he went so high, but he's done it all to himself. I know Peterson has kind of done it to himself as well, but Monte did it all to himself on the field. He got injured, but he was showing absolutely nothing before that. In the first week, he was given 23 carries for 67 yards. So, i got to ask you, you, you've long been a Monte... Video, video game fan. Is, is this hurting you personally? Is this why he takes... Your one spot. Well, I've taken him now two years in a row, which, I mean, that tells you more about me than anything else. I took him in the, the league I care least about this year as a bit of a flyer. Uh, no Sean Moreno, I blame his Denver performance last year, but we should have kind of known from the fact that they didn't trust Monte over No Sean that there was something stinky there. Um, I don't know why he's still on that Denver roster at all. But, you've, uh, seen, you've seen who, prior to No Sean's injury, Miami has trusted. Over. I know Lamar fucking Miller, so it's 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 all a, it's a it makes no sense to why you should have picked up Monte and why he should be ranked so highly this year. Um, I think we've probably seen the last of him in a starting role in the NFL. I'll go out there and say it right now. 
Uh, but a lot of running backs have disappointed me. We talked about the big five being a, an absolute crapshoot. LaShawn McCoy is the, my biggest disappointment out of those guys. And then a quarterback who's disappointed me because he had such a promising start to the season. Matty Ice, Matt Ryan, looked great at, in hard knocks, looked great in the first week or two, and then just has completely fallen away along with the rest of the Atlanta Falcon team. And I don't know what's going on down there in Atlanta. I mean, I don't trust any of the coaching staff after seeing Hard Knocks, so I don't know why this is surprising at all. But Matt Ryan, a veteran leader, he's got two great and apparently healthy targets to throw to and has just been dreadful. So I... I, I, He's got three now, and yet he's thrown an interception in every game but three, including a three-interception game, a two-interception game, and he's been, I think, he's been victimized the most by the pick six. Yes. um, Maybe not most overall, but it's been fairly frequent with him. Shout-out to uh, Tony Bradshark-Bardega, whose fantasy football team is made up almost entirely of Atlanta Falcons. Go Falcons. He doesn't even live in Atlanta. No, he has no connection to it. Not even a Falcons fan, but good for him. He uh, he rode him early. Devin Hester's still on that roster of his, I see, which is very exciting. Um, okay, so we've, got, we've talked about the Stinkers. We've talked about the MVP. Another award I wanted to give out. One thing one thing I'd like to mention, though. I, sure. I actually had to drop someone from my honorable mention list here hours before this call. And I think that you will resonate very well with you, and that's Philip Rivers, who might actually oh. be my MVP until this week. Yeah, that was a that was a sad day. He threw three picks. He got sacked three times. Um, he could have thrown a fourth pick, I believe, and then he hurt himself. So negative ten fantasy points if you had Philip on your roster today, which pretty much just takes you out of the week. You see that and you think, well, I, that's a that's basically a thirty point swing if you're relying on fifteen to twenty from Phil. So you you're pretty much shit out of luck once that happens. But boy, he's looked he's looked good for the first five or six weeks, and then he's looked pretty crappy for the last three weeks, as the Chargers have. That was their third loss in a row as they go into the bye this week. All right, I last minute cut from my list, so it's a fluid season. Things are going to change. Things will change. Things will change. What about like in one big week though? Like who's had who's had the biggest, most impressive one week performance that you've seen that's really just change the game for whoever's employed this player well that's our that's of course our third award and i i have a couple of guys who i'm gonna have sharing the award and that is antonio brown and being big ben roethlisberger versus the Colts last week now i i want to come out and say this on the record and i want people to write it down because i don't write it down each week each year and it it annoys me each year that i forget about it but when the steelers put on those old jerseys with the black and yellow stripes Big Ben usually throws for between 450 and 700 yards. So next year, when they're going to check out the jerseys, and when they go with that jersey, pick him up, start him, and start all the Steelers receivers because he's going to have a huge week. He went for 50 fantasy points against the Colts, and Andrew Luck had a good week as well, actually. And Antonio Brown has really emerged as the number one wide receiver in that team. He's a huge deep threat. Ben loves throwing the ball long. So for mine, it's a dual, impressive single-week performance MVP decision to Antonio Brown and Big Ben. I I need to write down the fact that Big Ben is a very draftable quarterback every year. He is, and he I, I had him – I picked him up in the draft for our uh, Thrill League this year, and then I dropped him after one or two weeks. 
And I really regretted it when Rivers is looking a little bit shaky, not having big bench to throw in there. And you know that you're going to get around 15 to 20 points on average, but every now and then he's going to blow out. For some reason, he's still not owned in 12% of Yahoo leagues, despite being the 13th actual ranked player. Makes no sense. And Antonio Brown, 8th ranked overall player right now, number one wide receiver in the game. Well, one of the few wide receivers who's actually been able to, to hold it down and uh, and actually perform on a consistent basis. You know, we talk about the running backs being a, a disappointing pack this year. Wide receivers as well have just been an absolute crapshoot to work out who's going to actually be be healthy and be able to start there between A.J. Green, Calvin Johnson, uh, you know, these guys who you would have taken at the top of the – I mean, even people like Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall have had bad seasons as well, um, not injury-prone. But uh, Antonio Brown's okay. really emerged in, in, that, in that Steelers uh, depth chart. I mean, Cutler, I mean, talk about stinkers of the year. Jay Cutler had to be close there for an honorable mention as well. Oh, I, I, I would throw him back on. Unanimous. Throw him back on the heap. My fun. God, disgusting. And I, I wrote about it on thefantasydingo.com about how you can't trust Cutler. He's a pick machine. But people people really thought he was going to come out this, having his coming out party this year, but he's been absolutely awful. You know, we, we didn't talk about, uh, we didn't list quarterbacks as a stinker. So if we were to put together, maybe we should do this in the site in the next uh, week or Love that. Uh, the first team, first team all stinkers. Keep your starting quarterback on the all stink team. Absolutely, and look for that on fantasynigo.com. You'll uh, you'll see that that all stink team come out this week. Uh, Adam, who did you have for your winner of the most impressive single week performance in the fantasy realm this year? Well, I, I have four games that really four and a half games that really caught my eye. Big Ben was one of them. So I'm gonna scratch that off. Um, I'll start with Russell the Hustle. Again, it doesn't matter who wins the NFL game. This isn't a loss to the Rams. Rush through for 300 yards and two TDs, then rush for 100 yards and a TD. No running backs, Cam Newton, uh, artist formerly known as Michael Vick. No one's been coming close to anything like that this year. Uh, that really impressed me because those rushing yards are just easy money for quarterbacks. That was devastating. Add, I- you can add 16 on top of a really good pass, and 16 vantage points on a really good pass again. That's that's really something. Yeah, as a as and, a Marshawn uh, as a Marshawn Lynch owner, that was devastating to watch. I must say, when Russell just ate into all of his yards, and and as a Seahawks fan, really sad to watch too. But I'm glad Russell Wilson fans got something out of that one. And I have two more things noted here. They they both were very emotional for me, and I think they're going to be very emotional for you too. I don't doubt. Uh, it. To start with week eight last, these are actually both close week eight. Um, Gronk against the Chicago Bears. <laughs> 150 yards, three TDs. Welcome back, big boy. God, it was a while coming, wasn't it? It's the number one tight end in fantasy football in a year that another position has been very, very shaky. I think Greg Olson's probably been the top performer to date. But Gronk, from here on out, is back. And he he shotgunned quite a few beers on that Chicago field that night. That was emotional. That was emotional to watch the the second coming of Gronk. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a T-shirt with that on it. Uh, I, I actually disagree with you. I think Gronk has been good. Olsen has been good and consistent, except for the last couple of weeks. Martellus Bennett might be the number one tight end out there this year. He's been fantastic been in really Chicago. Sticky. Yeah. Really sneaky. Yeah. Sneaky, sneaky versus sneaky. you got to watch your, uh, your tongue there. But you yeah, do. He's been good. Um, 
see if I can find, trying to look up the actual number one scoring is so far. It could be. It, Jim, I mean, Jimmy Graham's been sort of plagued by injuries as well, but uh, but certainly, I mean, Gronk's revival was just fantastic to watch, and and it, there's no one I love more when they score a touchdown. It is, well, it speaking, is fantastic. Speaking of revivals, that's my last one on here. Uh, a guy that's very near and dear to both of our hearts for very different reasons. Jeremy Macklin, coming oh, wow. off second ACL surgery. You told people not to draft this guy. I did. Stay away. Uh, he played against Arizona, who has one loss after beating the Cowboys today, the best team in the NFC, 187 yards and two touchdowns. Week 9, Houston, today, follows that up with 158 yards and two touchdowns. This is the first guy in the NFL to have two TDs and 150 yards plus receiving in back-to-back games since Miles Austin's breakout season with the Cowboys back in 2009. Wow. I, I I know. Especially today, I stood corrected. I was like, "Well, I I really, really screwed the pooch there with the Macklin call." As you know, I've got my own uh, history with Jeremy, a very good friend of mine, maybe even a brother, you could say. But uh, but yeah, he uh, a certain kind of brother. But uh, he he is a uh, he's proved himself to be the number one wide receiver there in Philly. A lot of people were calling at the beginning of the year. I thought it was too simplistic a storyline to just say Deshaun Jackson leaves, Jeremy Macklin steps up. But certainly people who chose Macklin over Jackson this year would be very happy. Now, what happens now that Sanchez is in, in there? Uh, Nick Foles, late-breaking news out of Philly is that Nick Foles has a broken collarbone. And so this Ooh. is now the Mark Sanchez show in Philadelphia. How confident do you feel in Mark Sanchez to bring this team home in the second half of the season? On a scale of 1 to 10, I feel about a 1. But... <laughs> He did throw a couple touchdown passes today. His first pass that he threw was a touchdown. And a couple of picks, too. Touchdown pass to Macklin. But he did throw the picks, too. So, I would say don't start him under any circumstances. No circumstances. No. But uh, but Philly could be okay there. Macklin is certainly helping. He's such a he's so fast uh, for someone who's had a couple of knee recos. So, uh, that's one of the... I mean, I, I love that as an honorable mention. I had... Uh, Last one, just in terms of big, impressive single-week performances from me, Demarius Thomas against Arizona, uh, when Denver sort of had a coming-out party, and Thomas had been quiet for a few weeks. Oh, what a game. 35 fantasy points, and uh, and really sort of took over in in a uh, wide-receiving core, which had been dominated by the other Thomas up until that point, Julius Thomas. So, uh, so that was exciting as well. But lots of big performances this year. Uh, I've got one more question for you, Adam, which is uh, a bit of a random question here. Uh, Taylor Swift has moved to New York City. Which player in the second half of this season, which NFL player, are we most likely to see out of either the Giants or the Jets hook up and be a temporary boyfriend of Taylor Swift for the second half of this season? I think this is a great question, and there's so many different ways it could go. But, you know... I live in New York. You used to live in New York. It, it's very hard when you're a New York veteran to date and be with someone that's new to New York. Mm-hmm. Usually it's when two people come together yes. in New York, but they come together spiritually and physically. Yes. Which is why I think Percy Harvin. Oh, wow. Absolutely. His, his speed and his style and his smooth moves and his, you know, his connections that he has from his days in Florida and being in Seattle, he's a winner. It was a winner. She sold such a record. I think there's a lot of potential here, and I would love to hear a song written about what it's like 
team proves you hard. Well, don't forget the mentoring of Rex Ryan in the dating game, which must be impeccable. Places to go, things to purchase for a young lady on a first or second date. Uh, I think Percy, he makes a lot of sense to take up that Taylor Swift slot. I don't think this would work out per se, but I think that Percy will not be the first Jet or Giant to hit on Taylor Swift. I think that would be Sheldon Richardson. Oh, wow. I already done it. <laughs> and I also just think it's, it's really disappointing now that Rex didn't give Tebow his chance in New York because he could still be here. Well, that's the uh, that's the, the story. story. That's just the great storyline. Tim Tebow uh, sort of maybe channeling Percy over to the New York Jets. Uh, and and I would love to see Tebow and Taylor together as well. That would be what a story, Tim and Taylor. Uh, but I think Percy will fill that position. Um, so okay, so we, we've covered the major the major topics then for this for this part far in the season. Now I want you to shift your focus and look forward and think about the remainder of the season. Some projections, same categories. Who do we think is going to be the MVP at the end of the season? Do you believe it's still going to be Andrew Luck? Or have you got someone else oh. emerging from the pack who might take over his position in the last five or six regular season weeks? I, I think I think it's going to be Sir Thomas Brady of the New England Patriots. This guy, he, I, he just got done demolishing the Broncos tonight. What a win. Three or four more touchdown passes. The week before that, five TDs, zero picks against the Bears. The week before that, three TDs, zero picks against the Jets. The week before that, four TDs. Zero picks against the Bills the week before that. Two TDs, zero picks against the Bengals. All of those 260-plus yard passing efforts. And if you look at the second half of his schedule, he has the Colts, who, while they, they are going to put up points, the Colts secondary, this was played in Andrew Luck's favor a little bit, is god-awful. They're the ones that gave up those millions of yards mm-hmm. to the Big Ben and a slew of other teams. He's got the Jets still on the roster. He's got the Bills still on the schedule. Excuse me, schedule, not roster. He's got the Dolphins on the schedule. Uh, he's got the Chargers on the schedule, and we did just see what Ryan Tannehill did with Chargers. Uh, Devastating. A lot of promising matchups for Tom Brady. I think that he could end up being the MVP of the second half, and maybe enough to pull together the season as a whole. Well, that's very interesting. I, I think Tom, he had a very slow start to the season, but, uh, but he's been looking great these last few weeks. I thought his big challenge was today against the Broncos. And uh, he came through. He came through. The New England, New Patriots defense came through as well. Um, I want to repeat some advice that I got from uh, perhaps my greatest competition and also my most admired competition in the fantasy football world. When Tom Brady was going through sketch, uh, struggles this year, this gentleman said to me, never bench a Hall of Famer. So I true. I a Hall of Famer, and I lost those two games. So that's, that's a great piece of advice. I think you can, you can sort of put that advice – up against the Dingo's advice that week, which was start Kirk Cousins. That's right. <laughs> so, That's exactly what it was. So my uh, my big prediction for the for the MVP for the next part of the season is someone who we've already talked about a little bit in our top performances, top single week performances. Big Ben Roethlisberger. The Steelers have a a favorable end of year year schedule, and they're going up against the Ravens tonight. The thing I think that the Steelers have going for them, and what Ben has going for them this year. Something that we talked about a lot at the beginning of the season, he's got a running back he can rely on in Le'Veon Bell, who's uh, drawing defenses, and he's got Antonio Brown, who's a very reliable wide receiver. I think the Steelers are surging towards maybe even a, a big playoff run this year. They could be that, that team that kind of rides a wave into the playoffs. 
And I think Big Ben's going to have a big second half of the season and uh, and could be a number one or a number two quarterback by the time this whole thing is wrapped up. I I like that take a lot. I think it's, it's very plausible. Again, for some reason, 12% of leagues going to pick this guy up. Pick him up. Get him right now. Trade for him. Get him on your team. Who have you got in terms of your end-of-season stinker? Who do you think is going to have a really bad end to this season? I think the end-of-season stinker is going to be in the same division as Ben Roethlisberger. That's Giovanni Bernard, running back for the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a guy that I had a feeling going into this year with this offense, and they ran it too many times, he was going to wear down. He's, he's 5'9", he's a small guy. He likes to get outside. They have Jeremy Hill creeping behind him. He's a bigger guy. He likes to go between the tackles north-south. Um, the last two weeks, and he, Giovanni was hurt this week. Again, he's already getting banged up. Yep. That's probably going to carry over. Uh, against the Colts, seven carries for 17 yards, 3.4 yards carry. Follows that up against the Ravens, 16 carries for 45 yards, 2.8 yards carry. He didn't have a touchdown in that game. But his, his production has been very sporadic. And Jeremy Hill getting his first start today went off for granted against the Jaguars over 100 yards, two touchdowns. I think that Jeremy's proven to be too good that when Geo does come back, they're going to need to lighten his workload both to protect his health and also because they have a guy behind him who simply might be a better football player. What would your advice be to any Geo players? Would you be trying to trade this guy? Would you be trying to move him? Sell high. Sell high. high. Yeah. You should have done it a week ago. You should have done it. Already, but sell sell high because you might be able to get someone to buy at an RB one rate. If you're in a keeper league, definitely sell. Definitely yeah. sell. That's big words. I uh, I'm kind of a little bit out on Geo as well. Probably not as much as you are, and probably not for the same reasons. Uh, the guy I have as my as my stinker for the back half of this season is Lions quarterback Matty Stafford. Uh, now Matty's had an up and down year. He had. Uh, uh, two touchdowns and no interceptions, 350 yards in his first game out and looked very good against the New York Giants. But since then, it's been all over the place. 10 fantasy points, negative fantasy points, 25, 4, 8, 19. He's got the bye this week. And uh, and then Calvin Johnson will be coming back, which everyone will think will immediately replenish Matthew Stafford's stocks. The bye, he's rested, he's, he's ready to roll. That's absolutely not true. He's not used to having Johnson back on the team. Golden Tate is probably going to drive a wedge through this locker room when Calvin Johnson's back, similar to the way he did it in Seattle. And I think it's going to be a really tough back end of the year for the Detroit Lions. Also, Matty hasn't thrown his customary number of picks this year. He's only thrown for five, six, seven picks. He's due for at least at least ten more in these last five or six weeks. So, so what advice would you have for, for both Stafford owners and also because I know there's a lot of people that double up, particularly people from the Detroit area, Calvin Johnson owners. Should Calvin Johnson owners who have been waiting and waiting, should they expect to get the wide receiver one the second half of the year? Well, now could be the time to sell Calvin. As someone who's had Calvin on his roster this year, it's been very hard to move him while he's been injured. You know, you're getting a lot of really bad offers for trades, people trying to TR you to try and stockpile good receivers for the back end of the year. He's now about to come back next year. He's been next week. It's been promised that he's going to be healthy, but you just don't know how healthy he's going to be. I believe it was a high ankle sprain that he had. So uh, it, that's the kind of thing that doesn't heal overnight. We saw the same thing with AJ Green. It's, but it takes a while to get their trade value back, even if they are a top wide receiver. It takes until they're going to actually come back and play to get something valuable. So 
I would be trying to move Maddie and Calvin as maybe a package to some chump uh, for some reliability I, towards this end at the back end of this year. I, I think you're right. I think this with Calvin it's tricky because if you're trying to judge what appropriate value is, you're not going to get it until he has one big game back. Yeah. yeah. And then you're going to have that voice in the back of your head saying, "Is is he back? Is so, he back? Yeah, that's true. So I, I still, still Maddie, and and I think with Calvin, you've got to unless someone wows you, put him on the trading block, see what people offer you. Unless someone blows you away, you got to hold on to the guy. So who have you got then in terms of someone who might have a big week left in them? If you're going to have to think like an, an impressive single week one-off performance for this back end of the year, is there anyone who you think hasn't had that blowout yet, hasn't had that week where they've just completely gone off and, and wowed everyone? I think there are uh, eight teams, eight teams that have a player that has one big week left. Wow. Those are the eight teams whose defenses get to play the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> the rest of the year. Start to pick them all up, start them all, trade for them if you need to. It is a beautiful thing. I Miami D is before last. Who picks sixes for Blake Portals? Those are gifts from heaven. When you score 30 points with your defense, it's really hard to lose your matchup. That is so true. Really Poor Blake. Poor Blake. He's been kind of thrown into the fire. He was told he wasn't going to start this year. He starts week four, and uh, and he's looked better than Chad Henney, certainly, but not that much better than Chad Henney, on the other hand. This, uh, this is the Blaine Gabbard, as they like, this, like the Matrix people. <laughs> it doesn't get better. It doesn't. It never does. <laughs> poor, poor Blake. I uh, I agree. There's there's always the the option of streaming against the Jags and defenses in particular going against the Jags. It would be the uh, uh, big some big performances left there. The one guy I have who I think still has a big week left in him is Peyton Manning. He's only gone for thirty fantasy thirty point six two fantasy points as his biggest uh, blowout of the year. He had a tough day today against the Patriots, but I think he's still going to have that week where he just absolutely goes off. Throws down forty-five to fifty fantasy points, and we haven't seen it yet. But Peyton still be looking, still been looking as good as any year this year. Yes, I mean, well, the way that those Papa John franchises are just rolling in the dough, <laughs> uh, which he credits some law changes to, he's got nothing to worry about. He's nothing to worry about, nothing to lose. So that's uh, that's football. We're going to shift gears now a little bit, unless you have any final predictions for the end of the season, Adam. Again, just start your defense is playing the Jaguars, and uh, it's, it's a good time of the year. We're now in we're now in multi-sport mode. It is we're finally out of our lives, and we can shift gears to basketball. Thank God, baseball is out of our lives. The only thing I care about with baseball is that World Series. World, the World Series is fun. The strategy changes. A lot of people are yelling. People care about it, but uh, about it. football is back, and basketball is also back in our lives, and. As people who've listened to the Dingo in the past and gone to FantasyDingo.com would have realized that fantasy basketball is something that we love here on the Dingo. Uh, we've really gotten into it over the last couple of years. It's a very ex- very exciting sort of form of fantasy sport and, and very different to football because it's more about the long game. It's more about uh, the consistent performers. And it's really about paying attention as much as you possibly can uh, on the waiver wire. 
and uh, and and paying attention becomes even more important in the sort of league that we're in this year, Adam. A twenty-team auction draft league. Uh, it's none of this fancy rotisserie chicken league bullshit that no, we've heard no. from other people, but just a straight up head-to-head league. And uh, and we had our, our draft last week, and it was very exciting. It was. What are, what are your first uh, impressions of this new league that we've joined this year that we've been invited to join? Um, as 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 well-known members of the press, uh, what are your first impressions of the the legit legends league, as it's known? It's a legit league. This they it's an endurance league, not just as far as how long the season goes, but I was the only West East Coast drafter in this league. This draft started at 10 p.m. Eastern, and we have 20 teams with 13 roster spots apiece. It's an auction league. We had 260 players auctioned off over the course of four and a half hours. And the <laughs> best, deepest discourse in the chat room probably took place in the picks that were around 175 to 230. That is true. That is true. I, I think they did that just to try and uh, bring it down a notch before the start of the season. I think so, too. But it's, it's a, like we said, it's a long game. Uh, we got a lot of people that pay a lot of attention to basketball, and it's going to shift our analysis a little bit because we're going to have a lot of guys like Anthony Tolliver, for instance, who would not be – you probably have a restraining order between your fantasy basketball team and Anthony Tolliver. Absolutely. He's on a roster in this league. He is roster. He's on a roster in this league. Yusuf Nurkic was on a roster until today when he was I dropped. He was dropped by Bogut's okay. Bangers. How much did you pay for Yusuf? I think I paid a dollar. That's great. Yeah, That's great. he was great. He's getting boards. He, look, I if – if someone if someone gets hurt, there that's the sort of decisions you start starting to make, especially with your bench in this league. Well, if two guys go down on that team, this guy could be worth seven rebounds and four points a night, and that could really get me over the line. I was on the waiver wire yesterday. I couldn't find seven points, four rebounds, and save my life. It was disgusting. It's a really God. It's been sort of shaken dry at this stage, but uh, but you kind of know. I mean, just through the situation we've seen recently with Oklahoma City, that. I don't know if you have a look, but right now in our league, at least nine Oklahoma City players are on rosters because you just don't know what's going to happen there. You don't know who's going to get the points. Perry Jones is starting to look like a very valuable asset to have early on in the season. But uh, be great. Honestly, I, I'm I'm willing to actually. I need to see if you'll sign this petition with me. I'd like to petition the manager or the commissioner of this league. We already know it's an issue to allow us to draft D league players. I would. <laughs> there might be more potential to follow. I would love to be able to, to sign a D League player right now. I think that's a great idea. The D League just had its draft apparently a couple of nights ago. Great. So uh, I'll tell you what happened. It's ready to go. But uh, I thought for just just to start us off, uh, we want to obviously be bringing in basketball more and more. And if you go to fantasydingo.com, you will have seen the Dingo sixty nine uh, go up there over the last three weeks or so. God, that was an effort, Adam. It was really. Oh, Fuck and now, what I like about that list, and what I think separates it from all bullshit countdowns, do you believe that? No, don't need to. Yeah. Is that there are two prize spots in the Dingo 69, and that's not just the one and two spots. It's, it's the one and the 69 spot. The 69 spot is really the spot that you want if you're a player. If you're a player, right? Hands I down. Sure that a player on the court. But if you're a player off the court, 
<laughs> well, the guy who got it, I think, is is someone who is well deserving of it. Tony Parker. He is well known for his uh, his off the court success, and um, and and. But we'll see if he holds it for next year. Well, next week, uh, we'll see. If you go on to FantasyDingo.com, you've got a completely, continually updating, responsive, revolving top 69 players for basketball and for football. So check it out right now, FantasyDingo.com. And then also go on and have a look at, at how the Dingo ranked the top 69 players and, and some of the commentary there. Adam's also going to be working on a Banger of the Night series. Adam, is that every night that you're going to be putting that up? That's every night. We'll probably have one for the weekend and... Uh... On the one for this weekend now, it's going to be a real, real special one. I think it's going to surprise some people, the lights and fans. That's fantastic, and uh, and we've even gotten some confirmation that uh, that Utah basketball great Issaquah's favorite son Hans Gasser is going to be writing a weekly column for us called Das Hans, and uh, and he's going to be he's going to be reviewing college hoops and uh, and talking about everyone you got to look for out in the college basketball world. And uh, also throwing in his little two cents on NBA, he sat me down yesterday and explained the triangle to me in immense detail using five beer glasses. And that's the kind of also content that we love. Also explained what, what happens to the triangle when Jared Smith is on the court. That's well, been the funniest thing I've watched during the NBA season so far. He sent me a great, uh, a, a great piece of uh, content today, and it's hard to explain content on the radio, but uh, it's basically a, it says, this is how Carmelo views the... <laughs> views the triangle, and it's a picture of Carmelo, and someone's just drawn a triangle around Carmelo. So that's interesting. The Knicks is going to be a great story to watch this year. Derek Fisher, uh, in his first year of coaching there with Phil Jackson, but they upset the Cavs on Thursday night, and that was was kind of fun to see. They're going to be a fun team. We're going to be doing something a little bit later on. We're going to (laughs) rank the NBA teams by fantasy value. Mm. It has nothing to do with how they're going to finish in this season. But... If you're, if you like forwards who get rebounds and people jacking up threes, you're going to be a big Knicks fan. Sure. You're going to be a massive Knicks fan this year. So look for that next week. We'll be talking, ranking the different basketball teams by their fantasy value. It's fine to do this yeah, a week and a half. It's fine to do this a week and a half into the season because the basketball season is so long that it doesn't really matter. Well, hey, Dingo, talk to me. I, we, we might have some listeners that are doing late season drafts or mm-hmm. are really questioning their strategy and want to know if they were on par. What were you really going for in this draft? Well, it was it was as I said, it was a tough draft to really go in with a strong strategy for. I didn't know if guys would be going for a hundred bucks, so I didn't really know going into it. But then something hit me after the first say ten guys went off the board, and it was something that I remembered last year, and that is that I love to draft guys who can bang, big time bangers, and so I love I love a banger as much as any man. And so I just went after the biggest, baddest bangers that I could find. And then that's how I ended up with a team that includes Zach Randolph, Boogie Cousins, the Polish Hammer, Andrew Bogut, Kendrick Perkins. And as I said, I just discarded uh, Joseph Nurkic from my team. So uh, so I went all bangers. I went all in on the bangers. And they're serving me well, Adam. I'm currently uh, up against you. It looks like I'm going to get the win this week. Um Mm-hmm. Dropped 34 points, 17 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 blocks. 
That's banger of the night block static. That's the kind of bang that I was ex- that was the kind of bang I was expecting from Boogie when I outbid you by one dollar and picked him up for seventy dollars in the uh, in the auction draft. But that's maybe a nice segue into what I wanted to talk about with you today, which is the uh, the steals and stinks of this fantasy draft that we went through, and it will give you a sense of of the league in general, but it'll also give you a sense of who we think could be a really good pick for this year in terms of our fantasy players. I've got quite a few guys here who I thought were steals, uh, but who did you have at the top of your board for the biggest steal of the draft this year? I want to give a shout-out to Steve Powell. I think that they really nailed it. They had my number one steal. That was a player that I would never, ever, under any circumstances, want on my real NBA team. But uh, he was on Powell's team, and he got him for $24 as his 49th overall pick. That's Rudy Gay of the Sacramento Kings. Wow. Fantasy is plotted two positions, small forward or power forward. He dropped 40 points the other night on only 19 shots. He's averaging eight and a half bangs for his first three games. Great numbers for a guy that you, you would typically play at three. And uh, a big day today with Boogie, too, in the subset of the, uh, of the Clippers, 25 points, seven bangs, six assists. I think that at, uh, at that price, where, particularly at that position, we had a lot of guys go in the $50, $60 range, not that they weren't worth that. Uh, Rudy Gay, $24, Powell, great pick. Well, just to give you a, just to give a, a point of contrast to that, the Bogut's Bangers, which I must admit is the Dingoes team, uh, picked up Danilo Gallinari for $27, $3 more than Rudy Gay. And you're not going to get much production out of Gallinari until maybe Christmas time. And who knows how he comes back, but Rudy Gay, we know he loves to shoot. Uh, we know that there's not much else besides him and Boogie on that Kings team. So I think $24 from Pow Pow is a, is a, is a huge win for him. Uh, one of my big steals for this year was, uh, was a big favorite of yours, actually. It's a guy I was watching him play last night, and he's, the, he's like a, a fine, 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 fine German Riesling. Never gets old or gets better with age. Dirk Nowitzki for $45 I thought was an absolute steal. Uh, compared to to some other prices people were paying for power forwards. He's looking great in the early season. He's not the kind of guy who's injury-prone, touch wood. And the Mavs in general are looking like a team that could really go deep into this uh, into this season, into the playoffs this year. Mavs are going to be high on the fantasy watch list. They've got enough people to spread the ball out. They've added a lot about shooting a rounder. It's going to be harder and harder to double him. So you're going to get really good efficiency fantasy basketball. If your guy is like Blake Griffin tonight going 6 for 20, mm-hmm. you're not going to end up with a lot of points. Efficiency is a really key underrated category. And uh, I, I I spent money early that I wish I would have saved for, for Dirk. I think Dirk is 45. His rebounds aren't quite where they are, but I, I think it's really, really solid value. Isn't Monta looking, Monta's looking good on that Mavs team as well. He's looking like a leader this year. Monta's looking good. Chandler Parsons is looking good. Uh, I encourage all listeners to go look at the recent rap video that was put out of Run DMC. That's Run Dirk Monta Chandler. Um, incredible, incredible viral content by the Mavs. And there's a great line where you hear Dirk, the chop screwed manner, go, I got too, too, too much Monte. And then it goes right in Ellis. <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolute gold. That's great. Article changes it, too. <laughs> 
Who else have you got as a steal? Who else have you got as a steal this year? I got three <coughs> here. I'll, I'll go through fairly quickly. Um, first is a guy that has got a lot of money handed to him yesterday. That's Clay Thompson. Mm. He uh, rose for Hawes for $29. And he had shooting guards. I was, I paid around 60 I believe, for um, Jim with a giant beard down in Houston. Yeah. And he's been great. But the drop on Thompson isn't that high. And that's about half the price. That went to Bros for Hawes, who I think would really appreciate some of uh, the stories that you had about his team's namesake. Uh, I also got to give myself a pat on the back for picking up Big Roy Hibbert. Yes. $15. I like that value. Uh, there's, there's some guys who I didn't like the price of that I'll get to later in mm-hmm. the game that went for a lot more. And uh, look, someone is going to have to grab the shots on that team, and someone's going to have to score points on that team. Indiana Pacers have, they have guys on their team that are on the waiver wire because no one knows who they are, and we got to figure that out. He's shooting, uh, sorry, Roy's shooting, Roy is shooting some jumpers this year. He's added a he's added a, an element to his game which I which I really like. I, I think Roy there was an absolute steal. And I think uh, I, I think my top steal actually was for value to production. Michael Kidd Gilchrist went to Dunkin' Donuts. Great team name. I don't even think I realized that was a team name during the draft. That's great. Three dollars. What? He's averaging a double double so far. Three dollars. For Michael K. Gilchrist? For three dollars, yes. I, I didn't know this, so we were we were going for and reviewing for. Oh my I, god! What's the Michael K. Gilchrist for three dollars? How the fuck did we let that? Excuse me. How did we let that happen? What's the learning? What's the learning lesson from this? I, it's it's to keep money to at the end of the draft. Absolutely. If you would have had four dollars, you could have got this guy. Absolutely. And oh. he's he's not only supposedly learned a jumper, but he's also learned how to shoot. Uh, more efficiently. Right now, for the season, he is shooting 56%, which is incredible. And doing so at close range while averaging 14 to 10. So, that I think might be actually my number one value pick. That's a great pick. Uh, the, and one of my steals actually was another Dunkin' Donut pick. And uh, it was Gordon Haywood for 20 bucks, which of course is $17 more than you're paying for Michael Kidd Gilchrist. When you, if you're putting this all against, if you're creating a Michael Kidd Gilchrist index, then I think everyone overpaid for every other player in the whole draft. Uh, but uh, Gordon Hayward for 20 is, I think, great value. The Jazz team actually had a, a great victory yesterday against the Phoenix Suns. Your man, Quinn Snyder, big favorite of yours, is uh, is driving this team. And uh, and they're not looking quite as bad as people thought the Jazz were going to look. And Gordon's going to be leading, leading the charge there. He's going to score a lot of points. Um and, and, and yeah, you brought something. You brought something to the table too that I really appreciated. I know that you follow um, Dante Exum on Instagram. Absolutely. And I believe he supplied Dante with a new backpack. He did a pink. Uh, is it Thor the Explorer? It was something. Kind of. I think cool. it was Frozen. Frozen. That's it. Frozen. Yeah. So a Frozen backpack. So he's he's Dante's big bro. It's another one of your picks. So I think that might end up. Dante's never leaving my team, in case anyone's just out there hanging on to, to wait till I drop him. Uh, another guy I, I had at, at huge value, Isaiah Thomas, for $17. Uh, I, I love IT, too. I love what he's going to do on this Suns team. I love what he's already doing. He's coming off the bench. He's giving energy. Dragic is not looking as good as he looked last year. Uh, maybe a step slower. But IT, two's coming on and, and going against a lot of tired guys and making them look bad. And then the last guy I've got who I thought was a real steal 
is the guy who's going to get a lot of points on this 76ers team, and I ranked him very highly, actually in the top 20 of the Dingo 69, Nolan's Noel for $16. And uh, I don't know if you saw it, uh, he's got the hook going there in Philly. Philly looking as awful as we probably thought they were going to look at him, but uh, Nolan's looking like he might have a good rookie season and maybe double up for the Philadelphia 76ers, two rookies of the year in the row, Michael Carter-Williams and Nolan's Noel this year. I need to see Nolan's Noel learn where his spots are on the floor. Mm. Right now, he's shooting at 38%, which is god-awful for a center. You want your center to be close to 50%. Now, he's going to get to shoot a lot because He's going to get an offensive rebound. Yeah, think of those shots. What else could hit it from outside? So he's got, he's got time to learn. Yes. I think uh, Nerland's owners need to play the long game and be patient there. I uh, I was rejected with the Nerland's trade this earlier this week, which I'm, I'm kind of ashamed to admit to because I, I, I instantly regret it. Uh, I offered the Polish hammer for Nerland's Noel and got rejected. Oh, wow. Yes. I would say, you, you know, you got to keep guards on your team, right? You can't just only I've got. <laughs> I had. I was doing a center for a center, so it was a one for one. But uh, but I I was kind of happy after it was rejected. The hammer's looking good as well. Um, but uh, I think no one's going to come along there in, in in Philly this year and be and be a rare bright spot in Philadelphia's season. They're the Steels stinkers, though. Uh, I want to. There's nine bright spots. There's nine bright spots. Absolutely. And let me start you with one uh, who is I think the number one stinker for this year in this draft. LeBron James, $80 to buck shit. What are your thoughts? You know, I I took myself out of the bidding for LeBron immediately because you know that he's going to go off the bird first and he's going to set the price for everybody else. Mm -hmm. He's going to be the guy that is going to go for the most money. Um, although I think when everything's said and done, Anthony Davis probably should have gone for the most money. But I think he did. I think Anthony guy, Davis. Anthony Davis went for eighty-one dollars, so one dollar more than LeBron. For eighty, LeBron went for eighty. So, yep. And Anthony Davis had like thirty-seven points, fifteen rebounds, and eight blocks the other night or something. Um, it's going to be interesting with LeBron because I think he's he's going to want to be more of a facilitator mm-hmm. in Cleveland. He's got. Guys that haven't won playoff games, but in Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving, multiple time All Stars that are actually in their prime, and I think he's going to want to let them find their games and their space while he's on the floor, and let them do that, and then he'll adjust to that. So, yeah, um, I don't know if he's, I don't think he's the number one fantasy player this year, but when you spend eighty dollars on a player, you have one hundred twenty dollars left to fill out twelve spots in your roster. Uh, it puts you in a difficult position. So I, I. <coughs> I the hardest thing there was that, <clears throat> excuse me, the hardest thing was that uh, hashtag Team LeBron, another team name in our league, didn't pick up LeBron. I don't know if you've got any opinion on teams that don't have the players that are in the name. Do, uh, do you feel that's I, okay? I do have an opinion because I own one of those. Uh, kicked in the Gortat was actually kicked in the Gortat when you acquired Martin Gortat. Hey, he's obviously for uh, sale. I tried to move him for no one's no
that Orlando said it wasn't going to match, and at the last minute, they actually matched it. Classic. And he had a headline, Mavs kicked in the Gortops. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe it does make sense that I didn't get him. I like that. I like that a lot. Who- that's true. That's true. Bogus Bangers definitely has Andrew Bogut on the roster. But uh, stinkers for you, who was your number one stinker out of that draft? My number one stinker, well, it, this is, it, I got two guys that I really think are between, somewhere between very stinky and rotten cheese. And that is Barajah's Army paying $48 for DeAndre Jordan when Joe Quinoa is still on the board and goes to 40. Oosh. DeAndre cannot shoot a free throw to save his life. That's going to hurt you. He's got two other scoring options on on the floor. He's not going to be putting up a lot of shots. He's also got Spence. Spence a horse. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's that's abysmal to pay forty eight dollars for him, especially when joking though, still on the board and goes for less. But equally sticky. So you, I'm not. I like your full hammer pickup. You pick up the full hammer for twenty four dollars. But several picks before that, the Mercurial Mavs picked up Brook Lopez. For twenty dollars, would you have paid two dollars for Brook Lopez? Uh, no, I. Brooke, Brooke Lopez was on my do not draft list, and uh, and it was uh, I thought twenty dollars was yeah eighteen dollars too high for him, nineteen dollars maybe twenty five dollars too high. You couldn't pay me five dollars to have Brooke Lopez holding up a roster spot in my team. His broken foot, he's already re injured his broken foot, so what are the odds of this guy? I don't like the Nets either this year. I think the Nets are going to have a tough year. And um, and kind of not even a rebuilding yet because they're not really rebuilding. They've got all these old guys in the team. Uh, they're going to be one of the worst teams to watch from a fantasy perspective. Tell you what, you have though. Johnson's jacking up shots. You're going to have Darren Williams. Oh, ankles. No ankles, Williams. You have Brooke Lopez hopping on one foot. You're going to have Mirza Toledovich trying to speak English. It's going to be a disaster. Tell you what, though. One uh, sneaky pickup. He's injured right now. Andre Blatch is still out there in a lot of leagues. Uh, I'd, I, it could be time for a stash and blatch, blatch and stash, uh, just in case Brooke gets injured again for the season, and uh, and Blatch has to take those minutes. The uh, the other guy I thought in terms of big men, you, 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 know, you know that Blatch isn't in the NBA right now, right? He always plays in China. Is he? He plays for the Xinjiang Flying Tigers. No one picked him up. I thought he, uh, I thought he was still on the Nets team. Jing Jong, sure. Oh, is he over there with uh, with uh, what's his name? Uh, Delonte West, I think, is over there as well. Delonte is over there. You got uh, there's another team that's the Tigers, the Guangdong Tigers, that has uh, potentially the first pick in the NBA draft next year, Emmanuel Mudiay. Oh wow! Well, that's great. I'm glad that Blatch has a. I I just thought he was hurt on the Nets. I'll say this though: watch the Chinese season ends before the NBA season. I believe it ends in a period where players still be signed to be eligible for playoff rosters. Keep an eye on Blatch for a February pickup for your fantasy team. You think Blatch and Ray Allen might be coming back together? I think I think that they will both be on NBA rosters by the end of the year. That's exciting. That's exciting to think. Is Ray Allen worth a deep stash? Probably not at this stage. Uh, although you you can see him there on the Cavs for sure, given how many old old blokes they have on there. Uh, the one last stinker for me was uh, was another big guy though, Kenneth Fareed, who you know I love. You know I love the manimal. You, know, you love the I love the energy. I love the energy he brings. He went for thirty two dollars. Thirty two dollars 
when you could be picking up many, there, the hammer for twenty four. Too many cooks in that kitchen. Yeah. He's not gonna. He would be. If they could put him on the Suns, that would be an absolute steal. Also, he just and got paid. He got paid. So did Clay. Clay dropped forty points. Clay Thompson dropped forty points. That's where he got paid. But he got paid in a in a team where there's too many guys that want minutes. So they're not they're not going to parse that out well enough. Particularly at the four or five spot, I think Manuel's destiny ultimately lies on another team, and it'll probably be a year or two before he's traded away from Denver. Oh wow! I thought he meant another fantasy team, and by that you meant the Bogut's Bangers. In which case, he may he may belong on the he Bogut's may, Bangers. He may sit on your team because the good news is when you trade for a player, you're not inheriting his fantasy salary. God, he's a good fit on that Bangers team. Okay, so uh, I think that's about all we got time for tonight, and uh, and we will come back as we said next week and break down these teams by their fantasy value, all 30 teams. We'll try and keep that to under a couple of hours, Adam, and uh, and crank through those. That could be pretty exciting. Uh, as always, I, what's that? I got one question for you. Go on. We're, we're, we're almost at halftime of the Sunday night game, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Who do you got tonight? Well, uh, Pittsburgh's up 14-7. Oh, I've got, I've got Pittsburgh. I'm really hoping that Steve Smith Senior can drop about 55 fantasy points. Because uh, that's the only thing that's going to get me back in either of my games this week. But I think Pittsburgh's going to be too strong for that Ravens team. I don't know what to think about the Ravens this year. The Ravens are, are all over the place. Uh, Torrey Smith right now has 49 yards touchdown for those of you that are going to listen to this uh, well, well after the game. God, there's, yeah, another, well. there's another guy who is like unstartable. So inconsistent. Tory uh, Tory Smith, massive disappointment. Uh, how's Steve Smith looking? Steve Smith Sr., two catches for 21 yards in the first half right now. Keon Bell does have a receiving touchdown. And Martavius Bryant, who, if you're looking for a wide receiver in your league right now, is worth a uh, flyer, I think. you probably got plenty of people to drop. He's really come on the last couple weeks. Uh, he has four TDs in the last two and a half games at this point. God. Well, don't be afraid to drop those guys. I think that's the last piece of advice we should give. You know, it's the end of the season. It's crunch time. You can't. It's like uh, it's like going to heaven. You can't take it with you. So, so drop those guys unless you're in a keeper league. We'll be back next week with uh, a wrap up of of some fantasy football, uh, some basketball stuff, ranking these teams by their fantasy value. Adam, thanks as always for coming on. No problem. And hey, don't forget uh, you can catch uh, the Dingo himself on what station at what time? Oh, Press Play Radio. Thanks for the plug. It's at 4.25 p.m. every Thursday, 11.50 a.m. on Seattle Radio, drive time, or else you can catch it on live on pressplayradio.com. Anything else you'd like to plug? Uh, I just want everyone to have a great summer. Have a great summer. Thanks for listening to the Dingo. Bagels, you're going down.